Welcome to People Who Wrote Books, a podcast about people who wrote books. I'm your host, Andrea, and I am going to tell you the stories of some of my personal favorite authors. Now, back in Bloomington, Indiana, the Red Cross does this really awesome annual fundraiser. It's a used book sale, and basically they take all of the 4-H fairground barns, okay, maybe not all of them, but a bunch of them, and they fill them with used books. Obviously, this is ridiculously magical. So my sister and I loved it. And when I lived in Bloomington, we made it an annual tradition to go to this sale. And somewhere through those years, my sister picked up one of James Alexander Tom's books for our mom. Our mom was already a big fan of historical fiction, but this started her love of both James Alexander Tom and his wife, Dark Rain. Like, my mom goes to their book signings and has a picture with them, and she's a true fan, for sure. So I was aware of his works, but it wasn't until a few years ago when I decided to write my first historical fiction novel that I began to truly appreciate the talent of James and Dark Rain. Because, you see, they also wrote a book called Once Upon a Time It Was Now, colon, The Art and Craft of Writing Historical Fiction, And this book became my sacred text when I was writing. My copy is full of notes and underlines, and honestly, I don't know that I would have completed my book without the advice and inspiration of this one. And I really wanted to tell him that someday. I wanted to meet him and give him a copy of my book and thank him, but sadly, he passed away last January. So this episode is my way of sharing my deep appreciation for James Alexander Tom. James was born on May 28, 1933. There is a misprint in the Wikipedia page. I need to fix that. But he was born May 28, 1933 in Gosport, Indiana. For those of you who didn't grow up in Indiana, Gosport is a teeny tiny little town that's kind of in the middle west side of the state. And in the 1930 census, the population of Gosport was 722. Now, it's now up to 842, but regardless, tiny town, right? His parents were Jay and Julia, and they were both physicians. Yes, both his father and his mother were doctors. I was very curious about this because there could not have been that many women physicians at the time. So I looked it up. In 1930, only 4.4% of physicians were women. We are currently up to 37%, which is obviously much better, but I still kind of found 37% kind of low. But regardless, in 1930, his mother was one of about 4.4% of women physicians. So that's pretty awesome. Unfortunately, I really couldn't find much information about his childhood The one thing I did discover is that his father taught him wood carving when he was young. Now, just tuck that little bit away into your mind because it's going to come up again later. Now, James attended Arsenal Technical High School, and I had to look that one up because I didn't know where that was off the top of my head. And it is in Indianapolis. So sometime during his childhood, his family must have moved to the city of Indianapolis. And then that would have meant that James would have graduated from high school and like 1950 or 51, and then upon graduation, he joined the U.S. Marines. Now, the United States entered the Korean War in June of 1950, and he ended up serving in that war 
from 1953 through 1956 and actually rose to the rank of sergeant. I could never ever imagine what it would be like to fight in a war and it makes me really sad that the Korean War is often referred to as the Forgotten War because I am certain that James and anyone else who fought in that war never forgot it. And when James returned, that is when he began to write. He wrote to process all of the things he had seen in combat. And that writing really sparked something in him, so much so that he decided to enroll at Butler University, which is a private university in Indianapolis, to study journalism and English. He actually received his BA then in 1960 and became a reporter for the Indianapolis Star. And he also had a business and finance column. And then for a short while after that, he was the communications director for the State Trade Association. And yes, this is all quite different from where we are going to end up with this story. But I think it's important just to remember that we never know where our story is going to begin. We never know which direction it's going to take. By 1973, he was a freelance writer, and then he got married in 1975 to a woman named Cody Sweet. This is the first of three wives for James, and honestly, finding anything about the first two is pretty tricky. I tried to look up more on his first wife, but when I put Cody Sweet into the search engine, I just get a whole lot of information about the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Yes, Sweet is spelled differently didn't matter. Still, just got a whole bunch of information about the TV show, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So then I, you know, I tried some different search techniques, entered Cody's Sweet Tom. Still, just got a lot of information about Dylan Sprouse. So I tried, but uh, Google's not perfect, and I wasn't able to find too much about her. As time went on, at some point, I don't know when, he divorced Cody and married his second wife, Mary Silvius and they got married in 1984. Again, not a lot of information to be found about her. She is either the co-author or the photographer, or perhaps both on his book titled Staying Out of Hell, which was published in 1985. So the different book sites have her listed as different things for that book and some not at all, but it seems like she had something to do with that book. And it also appears that they were maybe horse breeders. Yeah, totally random, but I did find some information about the lineage of horses that they had. So we're going to say they were horse breeders. Who knew? Now, during the late 70s and early 80s, James became a lecturer at Indiana University, go IU, and began publishing works during this time as well. He started with like some publications of some essays, but his really big success came in 1981 with his second novel, which was titled Follow the River. Now, this is when we start to see James's crazy or inspiring, however you want to look at it, dedication to historical detail. So this book, Follow the River, is about a woman named Mary Draper Ingalls, who was living in Virginia in 1755 when her home was raided by a local Native American tribe. And they took her captive and she ended up walking 1,000 miles along rivers to return home. And this is based on a true story, it's historical fiction. 
And James was like, I want to be able to tell this story properly. So what did he do? He retraced her 1000 mile journey. This included eating what she would have eaten, which was things like bugs and worms and bark and roots, those kind of things. So really dedicated to this story. And then for his novel, From Sea to Shining Sea, which was published in 1984, he actually traveled the entire route of the Lewis and Clark expedition. And I really took this advice to heart when I was writing my book, and I did go to all of the locations that were in my story. But James was beyond that. It wasn't just about being able to describe a location to his reader. It was about being able to describe the entire world, the entire experience. And so he did a lot of work with using tools from that era, eating food from those era. And you can really see this brought to life in his cabin. Because in the late 70s, early 80s, James reconstructed a cabin from 1845 using tools from that era. Yeah, that does not sound easy. So here's what happened. James inherited 25 acres of land from his mother in Indiana, and he knew he wanted to build a house there at a very specific spot that he loved on the property. He happened to meet a woman in 1979, her name is Mary, and she had an old cabin on her family property, and she didn't want to live in it. She couldn't, it's an old wooden cabin from 1845, like she couldn't maintain it, she didn't want it, so she said, hey, I would really rather have a garden So if you want this cabin, you take it apart, you move it so that I can have a garden space and it's yours. So he did. He disassembled that cabin and then he saved everything he could and moved those pieces to his land. Now he did have someone help him dig a basement to start building on top of. And while he was doing his first construction completely on his own, he was living in a tent next to the cabin that was under construction And he continued building it, reassembling it using historic tools. And then when he was able to live in the basement, he moved in there. And then when he had enough money from his books, he hired a carpenter to help with the project. Obviously a carpenter that he trusted very much because this was a very special project. Now, in addition to writing with extraordinary attention to detail and building an entire cabin, with mid 19th century tools, James is also an artist. He is a true Renaissance man, right? I found this quote from James that I think sums this up nicely. So, and I quote, simply, I love creating anything from statues to books, from buildings to utensils to friendships, end quote. Isn't that adorable? I love that. Now, remember at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that his father taught him wood carving. Well, that's basically what happened. His dad taught him wood carving and he just kept it up and has these beautiful wooden pieces. And one of those pieces is even at the Indiana State Museum. Like he is a legitimate artist. Very cool. Now, all of this incredible attention to historical accuracy is actually what finally brought him to meet his third wife, Dark Rain. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I love a good love story. And this one is beautiful. So Dark Rain is a member of the Shawnee National United Remnant Band. 
and currently she is a Shawnee and Algonquin elder and tribal historian. So when James was working on his book called Panther in the Sky, which was based on the Shawnee chief Tecumseh, he obviously was going to do a whole bunch of research with the tribe because that's how James does it, right? And when he completed the novel, the Shawnee tribe really appreciated his research and the novel, all the work he did, and they decided to honor him by making him a member of the Moon Society. So the Moon Society is when they bring spouses and other non-Native Americans into their tribe, like an honorary member. And James's honorary Shawnee National Tribe name is Sunset Watcher. I just love that. That's such a beautiful name. It seems so appropriate for him. And yeah, who wouldn't? Oh, Sunset Watcher. So pretty. Anyway, it was at this ceremony when he met Dark Rain. And there was an article about his passing and Dark Rain is quoted in it. And she says, and I quote, he looked in my eyes and I don't know what he grabbed a hold of. I only know that he never turned loose. End quote. <laughs> so beautiful. Now, they married in 1990, one year to the day of when they met. And I mean, she was willing to move into his cabin. So obviously she was a keeper. But I'm going to sound totally cliche right now. But I really think they just lived happily ever after. They wrote books together. They lived off the land together. They truly seem to have a beautiful love story. Now, James passed away on January 30th, 2023, with dark rain in their cabin, just shy of his 90th birthday. And I gotta say, wow, does that not seem like the perfect end to his story? So there is an obituary in the Bloomington Herald Times, and it doesn't have a byline. But if I ever started a podcast about people who wrote obituaries, I would have to track this person down. Because through my passion as a local historian, I read a lot of obituaries, and they have changed significantly over the years. They used to be these poetic tributes to the person, and I feel like they've just become a resume at this point. But whoever wrote this obituary did James Alexander Tom justice, and I would like to quote a line from it as we wrap up this episode. And I quote, He was a writer's writer, an artist in wood and ink, but more than that, he was a multifaceted man who, with his loving wife, Dark Rain Tom, discovered what it means to be a human being and walk sacredly upon the earth, end quote. I hope you enjoy learning a little bit about James Alexander Tom. And remember, behind every great book is a person who wrote it. And this person just happens to be one heck of a Hoosier.